You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I have three titles for my message this morning, and I'll start with the one that I think will be the most popular, and lead to the ones that I think would be least popular, which also means it's going to start with the one that is pretty much the least important, and lead to the one that is the most important. I want to preach on somebody has got to break the cycle. Somebody's got to break the cycle. You could also call this, listen to the preacher, not blindly, and you do not follow me. You only follow me as I follow Christ. But there is a reason God places preachers. Listen to the preacher. The Bible says that he who touches his ministers touches his anointed and the apple of his eye. Listen to the preacher, the most important one. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. I'm not just talking about lost people. I'm not just talking about those of you who you are not sure if you were to die today that you would go to heaven. You do not know. You do not know that your last breath here would be your first breath in heaven. I'm not just talking to you. All of us need to come to Christ just a little bit closer today than we came in. Every single one of us, if we leave here further away or even worse, the same, as when we came, we have missed the point of church and we have not had church. We have had church if you leave here either further away or closer to the Lord. At that point, we've had church. I hope you don't leave further away, but I guarantee you this. If I do what I am supposed to do, you will not leave here the same. You will either leave here closer to the Lord or further away from him. But I want to preach from Matthew chapter 23. Let's go ahead and stand once we've found, found it. Somebody's got to break the cycle. Miss Tara was one of my teachers growing up. That's not good grammar, Miss Tara. But I think you were my math teacher, so we're good. We're good on that. Matthew chapter 23, oh, we could read a lot, but we're going to start in verse 29 and read through the end of the chapter. If you have a red letter Bible, these words are in red. This is Jesus talking, and I want to bring that out because some of you who think that Jesus was some namby-pamby preacher, I want you to listen to what he's about to say. You know, a lot of people say, I don't like this hellfire and damnation stuff. I don't like this hellfire and brimstone stuff. You wouldn't have liked Jesus very much. Listen to what he says. Woe unto you. Curse. Cursed be you. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. Jesus? That doesn't sound very Christ-like to me. Because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. 
Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. He's talking to the same group that just killed John the Baptist, by the way, and is about to kill him in about a week or so. That upon you, notice this, that upon you may come all the righteous bloodshed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel, which is Adam and Eve's son, to the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechias, which is another priest that was killed in 2 Chronicles, which is the last book of the Jewish canon in the Old Testament, from the blood of Abel to Zacharias, A to Z, all of their blood is going to come upon you. Notice this, not whom your father slew, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. See, if you're gonna commit the same crimes in your generation as the crimes of the previous generation, you are gonna bear the same blame in your generation as the previous generation. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh no, I skipped one. Look in verse, look in verse 36. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered you, your fathers, thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and your children would not? Ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, Ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Let me explain that really quickly. They had just said this maybe a week or two earlier in his triumphal entry. Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. He said, You are not going to see me again until you, see, until you say that truthfully. In other words, you are not going to see me again until I come back the second time. And by then, it's too late. You've missed your chance. Father, bless the preaching of your word, the reading of it. Lord, please use it as only you can. Oh, Lord, I humble myself before you. Let me say only what I need to say and speak to hearts this morning. Save the soul that is nearest hell and the soul that's furthest from hell. Save the soul that's on their way to hell in this room. Revive backsliders, call the prodigals home. Glorify your name. We ask this in your name. Amen. Someone has got to break the cycle. Do you notice the generational terms all throughout Scripture? We'll look at that in a little bit. But here's really all I'm trying to say. Fathers, if you are unfaithful to church, what are your kids going to be? And let's go a little bit further. Let's say, well, my father wasn't faithful to church. If you are then following in the footsteps of your father, what are your kids going to do to you? You say, my father was a drunkard. Unless somebody breaks the cycle, you are going to be a drunkard too. And then what's going to happen to your kids? You say, my mom and my dad were stoic people. 
unfeeling people, never voice their love, which is completely against scripture. Unless somebody breaks the cycle, you too are going to be unfeeling, and then what are your kids going to be? Somebody has got to break the cycle. You say, my father was an addict. Well, unless someone breaks the cycle, you are going to be an addict, and then your kids are going to be an addict. My mom beat me. My mom verbally abused me, physically abused me, sexually abused me, whatever it is. Unless somebody breaks the cycle, you are going to be an abuser, and your kids are going to be an abuser. Somebody's got to break the cycle. My father was frivolous with his money. Well, unless you break the cycle, I'm getting ahead of myself, but unless, is it up to your father to break the cycle? If your father was frivolous, is it up to your kids to break the cycle? I hope not. And I'm talking to you as well. I'm talking to you. You are the middle generation. All of you right now are the middle generation. Are you going to wait for your kids, Jeremy, to break the cycle, or are you going to break the cycle? If your father was frivolous and you are frivolous, what are your kids going to be? If your father was a gossip, your mother was a gossip, you're going to be a gossip unless somebody breaks the cycle, and then your kids are going to be a gossip. Well, my mom and dad got divorced. Well, unless somebody breaks the cycle, you're going to get divorced, and then guess what your kids are going to do? I love it when you get quiet. When you get quiet, it either means I've made you angry or I've got you thinking. And either of those are good when it comes to a preacher's standpoint. You say that my father was a thief, my mom was a thief. Well, unless somebody breaks the cycle, you're going to be a thief and your kids are going to be a thief. Well, my mom and dad were church splitters, church hoppers. Well, unless you break the cycle, you're going to be a church hopper and you're just going to stay until the pastor makes you angry, which some of you, I think I already did. But as long as you're here, you just listen, okay? You don't ever have to come back again, but, but I hope that you listen. You're going to get the truth while you're here. If, well, my father was a church splitter, and my father was a church hopper, and my father did this, and he's so discord among the brethren. Well, as long as you do not break the cycle, you are going to do the same thing, and your kids are going to do the same thing. Somebody's got to break the cycle. My father was a very religious person, but lost. Lost as can be. On his way to hell, but a very religious person. Oh, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be something. That wouldn't be something, right? You can't be religious and lost at the same time. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Hypocrites! Hypocrites, because you make, you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but the inside. Notice, he, he says it right before. You make clean the, the outside, but not the inside. And you are like whited sepulchers on the outside. Inside, you are full of dead man's bones. Oh, my father was religious and my mother was religious. Well, unless somebody breaks the cycle, you are going to be religious and you are going to be lost and your kids are going to be religious and they're going to be lost. Or worse... They'll just be lost and not religious because they will see there's no point in your religion. There is no point in religion without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion, apart from relationship, is vain. Somebody has got to break the cycle. Mom and dad were stoic. You need to be feeling. Mom and dad were angry. You need to be under control. Mom and dad were an abuser. You need to be kind and meek. Mom and dad were frivolous. You need to be patient. Mom and dad got divorced. You need to stay. You need to stay together. And you need to make it work. And you need to fight for each other and not fight with each other. 
Mom and dad were a thief, you need to be a giver. Mom and dad were a gossip, you need to keep quiet. Mom and dad were church hoppers, you need to be planted. Mom and dad were religious, you need to be born again. Somebody has got to break the cycle. Now, where do I get that from? Well, if you were to visit Jerusalem at the time of our story, I think you'd be impressed. The markets would have been full, the vendors would have been profitable, the courts would have been functioning, the streets filled with traffic, the Romans were keeping peace and order. The sea was bountiful with fish. The temple, oh my goodness, the temple of the Lord was beautiful. Herod's temple was an incredible sight to see. The economy was strong. The views are beautiful. The food, I'm sure, was good, and it smelled good, too. The people were kind. The religion was Jewish. That's, that's, that was the religion. They were very religious people in Jerusalem. They were not like Corinth with all of their immorality. They were not like Rome with all of their murder. They were not like Athens with all of their idolatry. They were not like Hollywood with all of their materialism. They were not like Vegas with all of their debauchery. Jerusalem, you would have said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You're set. Jesus said of Jerusalem, your house is left unto you desolate. Your house, a generational term, a generational punishment. Your house, you, your spouse, your fathers, your children are all left unto you desolate. And again, you cannot ignore the generational language here. Look in verse number 30, our fathers. Verse 31, the children. Verse 32, your fathers. Verse 33, generation of vipers. Verse 36, this generation. Verse 37, thy children. Verse 38, thy house. Generational punishment. While many would say, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you are a model city, beautiful, healthy, strong, successful, a jewel of a place. Jesus said, you and your families are done, for you will not see me henceforth until you will say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. How can Jesus say that? How can Jesus be so off from what's going on? Because Jerusalem, can we put it this way, looked like whited sepulchers. They looked like everything was good on the outside, and that's the thing. Jesus looked through that, and he said, you and your families are done because you're all talk and you're no walk. You're all mouth and you're no heart. You're all outside, but you're no inside. And you know the problem that Jesus really had with that? You've done that for generations, he said. For generations you've done that. Over and over and over. You've strained at gnats and you swallow a camel. You've got the wrong focus. You're all right on the outside. You're all wrong on the inside. Though it appeared Jerusalem had everything going for them outwardly, Jesus says, your house is left unto you desolate. Your house, your lineage, your descendants shall not see me henceforth until it's too late. That's some harsh punishment. Harsh words, ye serpents. Ye generation of vipers. Why did such punishment come? 
I'll tell you this, it was not Christ's desire. Christ's desire was not punishment. His desire was protection. Christ's desire was not desolation. His, his desire was provision. His desire was not leaving them until it was too late. His desire was gathering them. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thee as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? That was Jesus' desire. Notice the, notice the target of his desire. What was the target of his desire? Thy children, the young people of Jerusalem, the next generation. I want to gather you. What was, his, what was his objective? I want to gather thy children together. Hey, no discrimination. I want to gather thy children together to me like a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. No sharing. No sharing. I want them all, and I want them all for me. And notice the results. What is the results of that? There would be intimacy. I want to gather them. There would be unity. I want to gather them together. There would be protection under my wings. There would be provision. What does a hen do for their chicks? That was his results. The complete opposite of desolation. Protection, provision, intimacy, togetherness, unity. That is the complete opposite of desolation. And notice his timing. What is the timing of it? How often? How often have I tried, Jesus tried over and over and over to gather Jerusalem's young to him. And he, how did he do that? He sent prophets. After prophet, after prophet, and priest, after priest, after priest, and judge, after judge, after judge, with the sole purpose of gathering them to himself so he could unite them and protect them and provide for them, and most importantly, build a relationship with them. But instead, he says, your house is left unto you desolate. Why? Because, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thee as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? But ye would not. Ye would not. Ye, the older generation. I wanted to gather your children. The parents wouldn't let me do it. Notice what he's saying from the, what we read from verse 29. You are doing to your children exactly what your fathers did to you. Are we seeing it come together? And beyond that, it's even worse because you pride yourself in saying, if we were in our father's day, we would not have acted the way that our fathers acted. And in doing that, you are not only doing exactly what your fathers are doing, you are doing worse than your fathers are doing. Listen, a son who denies his ability to commit the same sins as his father is not only more likely to commit those sins, but he's more foolish and wicked when he does. And Jesus said, you are committing the same exact sins as your, as your fathers did. You're doing the same thing to your children. And yet you're saying, well, no, we never would have done that. In verse 30, they said, we never would have done that. And that's why Jesus says to them, to the middle generation, to you, how shall ye escape? Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how shall ye escape? 
the damnation of hell. Because while you're saying you'd never kill the prophets, verse 34 says you're about to commit the same crime. Because I am going to send more prophets to you. I'm going to send more people to you. Some of them you're going to kill and crucify. Some of them you're going to scourge. Some of them you're going to persecute from city to city. Read the book of Acts. Or how about when they lift up the Son of God in just a week and they crucify him? Verse 34 says you're going to commit the same crime. Therefore, in verse 35, you deserve the same blame. And therefore, in verse 36, you deserve the same punishment. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and thou that scourgest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered you under my wings like a hen gathereth her chicks, and ye would not behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Three, de three generations he's talking about. You got the fathers, you've got you, and you've got your kids. I understand that there's generations represented in here. But as far as Jesus is concerned, you, this is deep, are you. You are the middle generation. He's not talking about your kids. He's not talking about your fathers. He's talking about you. There are fathers, there's you, and then there's your kids. And he says, your fathers killed the prophets and you are doing the same. What do you think your kids are going to do? And your fathers kept you from God, and you are doing the same, because I'm trying to gather your children, and ye would not. What do you think your kids are going to do? And your fathers were punished for it. You're going to be punished for it. What do you think is going to happen to your kids? Here's Jesus' argument. What your fathers did, you are doing, and your kids are going to do. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Now, is he talking about the city? Is he talking about the city or is he talking about the citizens? He's talking about the citizens in that city, not the citizens of generation number one, not the citizens of generation number three, but you. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often you who kill the prophets and you who stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered generation number three, but like generation number one, you would not let me do it. And unless someone in your generation breaks the cycle, you are going to face the same punishment. It's not up to the fathers and it's not up to the kids. It's up to you. An entire city's desolation was foretold, not because it was Christ's desire. He loved Jerusalem, but their desolation was foretold because the citizens' decisions to reject God and his word through the preachers. And notice this, the citizens' decisions determined a generation's direction. But then notice this further. Along with a generation's direction brings a generational momentum that's very difficult to fight. It brings a generational drift that's very difficult to defy. It brings a generational cycle that's very difficult to break. It's easy, it's natural just to go with the flow. Dad did it, I do it. Mom did it, I do it. Society does it, 
I do it. This is what we've always done. This is what we're going to do. It's very easy to do that, especially if that's what your parents did. So yeah, it's the parents' fault, right? It's the parents' fault. Mom and dad, the, mom and dad have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. That was a proverb that they used to say. God hated it. Here's what I'll say. Yes, they are to blame, but so are you if you commit the same crime. Yes, they are to blame, but read verse 34 through 36. When I send prophets to you, you're going to kill some of them. You're going to scourge some of them. You're going to persecute some of them. And because of that, the same prophets that your parents killed, I'm going to blame on you. They didn't kill Abel. Their fathers killed Abel. I'm putting that blood on you. They didn't kill Zacharias. Their fathers killed Zacharias. I'm putting that blood on you. Because when you commit the same crime, you deserve the same blame. Listen, if you want to say that the present can be blamed on the past, that means that the future depends on you. You cannot say, my present is based on my past, and then say that you have no blame when it comes to your kids. If the present can be blamed on the past and on your fathers, then that means the future of your kids depends on you. Your house will left, be left to you desolate unless somebody, unless you break the cycle. My father was a drunk. Your children will be a drunk unless you break the cycle and become sober. Let's just bring it down now. Your father cursed. Your kids are going to curse unless you break the cycle and watch your mouth. Your father depended on drugs and medication in order to make it through his life. I am not talking about people who absolutely need medication. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about pharmaceutical dependency that is not necessary. You know, when we see a boy like this one right here who can't pay attention, and so we tell him, you have ADD. Uh, oh, his eyes are going like this. Oh, no, you have ADHD. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to medicate this boy because he has ADD. No, no. You know what he is? He's a boy. He's a boy. Well, he doesn't focus in school. Well, his teacher's boring. What do you expect? <laughs> Talking about the battle of the bolt, no, no one cares. No one cares. Who won? Did the Americans win? The Americans won. Good, let's go play football. <laughs> no, he's got ADD. We're, that's what I'm talking about. Your fathers are dependent. Your kids are going to be dependent unless somebody breaks the cycle and depends on the Lord. You know what the Bible says? Our fullness is in Christ. You are complete in Christ. Every now and then you're going to need medicine. I'm talking about this dependency, especially on narcotics. I'm talking about people who have addicted themselves. Your father was addicted. Your kids are going to be addicted unless you are temperate. My father watched filth and my mother watched filth. Your kids are going to watch filth unless someone breaks the cycle and goes home today, 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 and says, we're canceling that subscription and we're going through all the movies and saying, what in the world is this doing in a Christian household? Rated R for what? 
get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. Oh, it sounds a little, sounds a little over the top. I think Jesus busted the top open when he said, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, unless somebody breaks the cycle, how shall ye escape the damnation of hell? I think he was being pretty serious about stuff. Well, my father was bitter. Well, your kids are going to be bitter unless you forgive. Uh, my father was disobedient, and he was never faithful in church. Well, your kids will never be faithful in church unless somebody breaks the cycle and you get faithful in church. Well, my mother never dressed that way. Well, your kids are going to dress however they want to unless somebody breaks the cycle. And my father watched whatever he wanted to watch and said whatever he wanted to say and go, go wherever he wanted to go. Well, your kids are going to do the same thing. Congratulations for contributing to society. Come on, parents. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? Where are the parents who are going to break the cycle? And stop playing the victim. Stop playing the victim. You're just going to bring more victims into this world. Where is somebody who's going to be a victor and bring some victors into this world? Overcome. Overcome. Overcome through Christ. Break the cycle. My father was religious but lost. We're Catholic. We just, we're a Catholic family. We're, we're a Presbyterian family. We're, we're, we're a Methodist family. We're a this family. We're, we're, we're this family, and that's just what we're going to be. And you're going to die and go to hell. Let, oh, oh, it's quiet. Pastor, are you saying that a Catholic can't go to heaven? Or are you, are you saying that it's impossible for a Catholic to go to heaven? Do you believe, let me ask it this way, do you believe it's possible for a Catholic to go to heaven? Do you believe it's possible for a Methodist to go to heaven? Do you believe it's possible for a Presbyterian to go to heaven? I'll go a lot further and say this. I believe it's even possible for a Baptist to go to heaven. It does not matter your denomination. What matters is what you did with Christ. But when I see a denomination that has completely neglected the Bible and is teaching their traditions in place of God's word, those people, no matter how sincere they are, they will be sincerely wrong and they will go to hell. My Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. My Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My Bible says, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth, not is baptized, whosoever commits the sacraments, whosoever does, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Simple, simple, simple. Why is religion complicating things? Well, it's just what my fathers did. Well, it's what your kids are going to do too. Unless somebody breaks the cycle and becomes a Baptist. No. And trusts in Jesus Christ. I don't care, sir. I don't care, ma'am. If you never come back to this church again, you might think, who is this kid? And he is crazy. He's off his Ridlin. I do not, I do not know what's going on. Once again, I told you I'm not going to be dependent. I'm not going to be dependent. I don't know what's going on here. I can't wait to get out of here. And he's got about seven minutes to catch up because we've got to get to the restaurant before the Methodists do. I understand that. You may never come back here, but listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Never come back, but trust in Christ. Never come back, but come to Christ. Never come back, but listen to the preacher. 
How do you break the cycle? It's right there in the text. It's right there in the text. How do you break the cycle? If you want to break the cycle, listen to the preachers that God sends in an effort to unite and protect and provide and build a relationship with you and your children. He's going to send preachers. He's going to send wise men and wise people your way with the sole objective of pointing you to God and telling you what God says. And he's going to do it often. Often he's going to do it. At Heritage Baptist Church, he does it at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, 5.30 on Sunday night, 6 o'clock on Sunday night, and 7.15 on Wednesday nights. That is often where he says, let me gather you. Let me unite you. Let me protect you. Let me provide for you and your kids so that your house is not left to you desolate. And you would not because you're going to stay home and watch Lionel Messi. Who's she? <laughs> You're going to watch LeBron James. Who's she? <laughs> Want to break the cycle of sin? Don't kill the prophets that are sent to you. Listen to them. Listen to them. I say this often. Church, I'm 32. In no other instance would you listen to me. I have a bachelor's degree, big whoop. I went to college and I got my degree and then I left and I got my education. I have a degree. I've been in ministry now for eight years. Would you, would you trust a doctor who has been practicing for eight years? Hopefully a little bit. I understand I'm 32 and many of you have tennis shoes older than me. But I'm trying to help you. Don't kill the preachers that are sent your way. Listen to them. Don't tear them down. Listen to them. Don't persecute them. Emulate them if they're able to be emulated. Do not ignore them. Obey them. Don't build their tombs. Hear their words. Do you know how many churches build monuments for the preachers with the same stones that they threw at them when those preachers were alive? Oh, we would never do that. That's what they said. Oh, I'd love to hear Spurgeon. Not this kid. I'd love to hear Spurgeon. Have you ever read Spurgeon? If you don't like me, you wouldn't have liked Spurgeon. I don't like anybody who calls me a serpent or a generation of vipers. Sorry, Jesus. Follow them. Don't follow them blindly. Follow them as they follow Christ. So let's just make it simple. Take the middleman out. Take, take, take the preacher out if you want to. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. Let him gather you. But if his way of gathering you is sending you prophets and preachers, don't despise his prophets and preachers. Despise not prophesying. What is the objective of a preacher? Hopefully the objective of Christ. Gather Unite, protect, provide, build a relationship. Oh, citizens, oh, not city, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, how often would I have gathered thy children? Oh, Pam, Pam, 
Oh, Eric, Eric. Oh, Dennis, Dennis. Oh, Michael, Michael. Oh, Angel, Angel. Oh, Caitlin, Caitlin. Oh, Larissa, Larissa. Oh, Annalisa, Annalisa. Oh, Luke, Luke. Oh, Nancy, Nancy. Oh, Jan, Jan. Oh, Mary, Mary. Oh, Joshua, Joshua. How often would I have gathered you and your kids and ye would not. It's not a matter of power, it's a matter of will. It's not a matter of you can't, it's a matter of you won't. Who's going to break the cycle? You can. You can break the cycle with Jesus Christ. Who, who's going to do it? Who's going to listen to the preacher? Who is going to change their family's future? Who's going to fight that generational momentum? Who's going to defy that generational drift? Who is going to change and break that cycle? Who's going to do it for their kids? You know Stephanie Garza? She broke the cycle. You know Brashawn Lane? She broke the cycle. You know my, my mom and my dad? They broke the cycle. I'm not saying this to embarrass her, but my mom was beaten when she grew up. I was not beaten when I grew up. I was spanked, but I was not beaten. My mom was verbally abused when she grew up. I was not verbally abused. I was told, son, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even with your acne and your acne scars and your, your receding hairline, I think you're perfect just the way that you are. <laughs> We all know that my older brother is my mom's favorite. <laughs> if the house was burning, she would save him first. <laughs> Only because he owes her money, probably. <laughs> Who's going to want, not just outwardly, but inwardly? Change. Who's going to let Christ gather them or who will have their house left to them desolate because you just wouldn't do it? How shall ye escape the damnation of hell? That's a good question. How shall ye escape the damnation of hell? You know there's an answer. If you reject Christ and you ignore his preachers, there is no escape. But here's what my Bible says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You've got a preacher. You've heard. Will you believe? Oh, I don't know if I can. Give it a try. I don't know what people will think. Give us a try. I don't know what the person next to me will think. Who cares? But they're my wife. Who cares? But they're my husband. Your husband is usually right, but in this case, who cares? 
In every other case, listen to your husband. He's an incredible person, and he's much smarter than you think. But in this case, who cares? Church, who's going to break the cycle? I'm sick of blaming everything on my mom and dad. It's me. It's me. I am going to change things. I am going to come to Christ. I am going to listen to the preacher. I am going to break the cycle. I am going to fight the momentum. With Christ's help, I will let him gather me so that I can be united and provided for and protected and provide a great lineage for my kids. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.